Rock the angle all around, better know the deal That the people in this town all get old for real So when people tell me Remy, where you calling from? I say a straight up thug town called Arlington 5pm I hit the gym, even if I'm feeling crabby but first I walk my tiny dog with the little plastic baggie Stretch in front of folks around me so they know that I'm invested Press the button for the lobby, even if somebody pressed it I go jogging at a reasonable pace And when I get to intersections, man, I jog in place Up and goes Jim, gonna give it my all, son So many dudes in here, they should call this Boston Rolling one deep so everybody can see us Cruising down Wilson, rocking tens on my Prius Get out my car, check my shoe and sock a minute Stand right back up, I got seven parking tickets DC from the get-go, head to the metro You heading to Whitlow's? Maybe I guess so Ride is never boring I say it's never better Than riding on an orange line Train to Vienna You better step back, punk That's your final warning You gonna punch me? Nah, son, the doors are closing Hey, yo, what's with this delay? I can't wait for this Why'd they pick today to do the track maintenance? Now we're stuck in the city How we getting back, son? We could take the green line Um... So we're taking a taxi back to our gangster world Where the sidewalks are brick and the streets are curved So if you think you got the cred and you think your toughness got me Come and see me in my town and we'll grab a cup of coffee At the Starbucks or 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 the Starbucks Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't work for shit? I'll fucking take all you are! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. Every week, manga no doksho no zattara band wa slash amateur newsatsu shiyoto manga to pair cocktail bar desu. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. Kind of like a speakeasy kind of thing. It's kind of cool. You can find these idiots on Facebook. ファーストスタートオリジンズファーストコンタクトエンドビギニングオブディエンドイグノアシーツリンクスウィアスターティングファーストウィズディビギニングオブディエンドインディンフィニティガンレットウィザンムーブトゥニュービギニングウィズディビ
not as much to me. I'm just gonna point at Adam and laugh. Cause cause Todd was kind enough for as a, as a nice as a as a gift must present. Uh-huh. He he got me a bottle of raspberry liqueur. Oh nice. Ooh, local local raspberry liqueur. Yeah, there's the high Raspberry <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Adam. <laughs> Uh, I, was, I was trying to be a good hostess and offer him some eggnog, but he had to drive. So. Yes, I'm driving. So I've got my my aged boozy eggnog. I've I don't think I've ever really actually had eggnog. Um, I have. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of okay in avoiding it. So here, here's the thing. So mine is is 100 homemade. It's based off an Alden Brown recipe. Okay. And it's it, it's nothing. I hate store bought eggnog. I think it's the grossest, nastiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. This though, it just has it's a it's a because you use like half and half and cream and then you mix in. I used good Puerto Rican rum, which you can only get in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. uh, brandy, and then um, bourbon. And you mix it all together, and you kind of let it sit so it kind of mellows over time, and it's it tastes like cabbie. So I'll have to when you come out, you'll have to try some because okay, it's been, I'll, it's I'll been aging it. for I, a month. I, I don't like cream drinks. I don't like creamy uh, things. Jess loves creamy things, so I know she'll probably definitely be down for that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm it depends. I can I can do cream. I think my favorite sort of holiday-ish drink that I can think of actually is oddly like a hot toddy for some I reason. Know. Uh, there's something really great about a hot toddy, and like the the one time I had a hot toddy was uh, this guy. Uh, he was uh, he was actually a, a performer, but he was guest bartending at this bar across the street from the theater I was working at, and he made me hot toddy because I was getting sick, and uh, it was awesome. Um, like he had put like red hot's candy in it, and the whole nine yards it was Ooh. fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Well, ours uh, I made uh, it made three quarts, and I gave one to the Martins. I've got one still mm-hmm. chilling. And the one we kind of opened up and been sampling, and we've uh-huh. kind of just been doing shots, and it kind of yeah. works well as a shot because you don't get the whole like, oh my god, I'm drinking like butter. You get yeah. more like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. So, speaking yeah, of the me, Martins, uh, yeah. oh sorry, go ahead, Todd. No, my my Christmas drink's been a hot wassail. I discovered this Baron Jaeger. It's a honey liqueur. Uh huh. And I'm pouring that. I make some homemade hot wassail, and I put a bunch of honey liqueur in there, and it's just delightful. That sounds really good. I might have to have that one. I'm out there as well. I uh, gave the recipe to my niece, Lauren, and she's like, it was so good at my party, I only got one glass, and the rest was gone. Yeah, see? That's always a good sign. That's always a good sign, yeah. Uh, No, but speaking of the Martins, uh, for those of you who don't know, Kat Martin does, uh, like these uh, great paintings. She does uh, altered landscapes where she takes like classic Americana landscapes and she paints in um, pop culture characters to it. And I had mentioned to her a long time ago about doing um, one for my wife Jess because she loves the TV show, the BBC TV show of Sherlock. And I said, you know, if you could do a painting of Sherlock and Watson try to solve a case, that'd be awesome. But I didn't want to pressure her because I knew she was getting a lot of Christmas orders and things like that. So I just... I didn't think twice about it. I just kind of, you know, didn't worry about it. And I got text messages last night going, okay, well, I have Sherlock Holmes in there. Do you want Watson as well? I'm like, if you could put Watson in there, that'd be great. And then she, I got a shipping notification. So, like, she's sending it to me. Um, we're recording this before Christmas, by the way. So, don't think that she's so flaky. It's well after Christmas because this episode comes out uh, two weeks into January. But, uh, so, uh, so it's on, on its way. So, um, I'm, I'm excited that Jess is going to have uh, this painting, and now it won't be a spoiler because this episode will come out after the fact. But yeah, so uh, I'm going to have a Cat Martin original in my house by the time this airs, which I'm very excited Yay! about. Woo! Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so jumping back into current time, yes, yeah, so this is the second week of January. We are doing our uh, beginnings, origins, beginnings of the ends, and this is 
sort of an origin, sort of the beginning of a story, sort of the beginning of the end. Um, this is uh, The Vision, uh, episode 39. Um, our episode 39, not Vision's episode 39, but this is a, a run by Tom King, um, which unfortunately I found out was only 12, ep- uh, 12 issues. I read the first trade, so in love with it, went to my comic shop and said, hey, I want you to put this on my hold. And they said, yeah, it just finished up. The second trade just came out. And I was like, son of a bitch. But... Um, <laughs> So all that being things said, must end. I know, I know, and I, I haven't read all the second book, and so Q, we will only judge this book by the single book and nothing but the single book. Uh, so help me God. Uh, and so uh, anyway, so we have back to our standard accoutrement. They were missing last week. Thing one and thing two. Uh, in the great state of Utah, in the McDonald family uh, recording <laughs> studio, we have Adam. Hey, what's up? This is Adam. Uh, as we're recording this. Uh, we just got done uh, with the Utah Film Critic Association. We got together this week, and we voted on our favorite film of the year. Uh, Hooray! And La La Land, which I think I've talked about on this podcast. We gave that mm-hmm. uh, the highest honors of Best Picture. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, it's uh, award season's pretty much over. We've seen everything. I think there's like one more movie to go watch, and then I kind of get a break, which is nice because I can finally play Final Fantasy more. Hooray! <laughs> Been trying to do that, but uh, it actually, yes, I, and today I did learn a very important lesson. Um, I was missing him because uh, it's, like you said, it's before Christmas, so we had a, a, vice, a vice president come to work and wanted to walk around, and we found this out yesterday, or the day before, so we're like, shit, so we're going around trying to make things look perfect. So they come in today, where they spend a couple hours in the store, they love everything, and as they leave, they're like, you know what, we loved you so much, we're going to come back in March with all the vice presidents and the president of the company. So remember kids, when you're doing something, don't do it so well that you get more recognition than you need, because yep. it'll just come back and bite you in the ass. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, movie reviews, Big Shiny Robot, uh, Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson, who did Hi, last Andy. episode. Hi, Andy. We love you, Andy. Uh, and yeah, we'll be doing our uh, our best and worst of the year movies coming up. So keep an ear out for that. And I'm sure I'll be bitching out movies and work on here as well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and also in the McDonald family studio, we have uh, the warlock husband of his Wiccan wife. We have Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is Todd. The witch's coven is occurring at my place right now. So I ran away. They're in the process of burning a bunch of things and around a fire and having a good time with that. So. She's a witch! Like, Burn her! Burn I, I feel witch. like that's what you do. Like, I'm like, does, did one of your uh, wife's friends, like, did they have a breakup or whatever? Are they burning all of, like, her ex-boyfriend stuff or something like that? Well, you know, with our uh, transition into not a such a religious life, you're looking for new ways to have meaning around time of the year. And mm-hmm. this is um, winter solstice, and my wife looked up a few things, and she really likes the idea of marking with winter solstice, the passage of time and looking for things to um, give up on or get away from or move on from might be a better thing. Mm-hmm. So she's burning things she's ready to let go of and no longer needs to be a weight around her. Okay. So, yeah. And she's got a bunch of girlfriends coming over and like, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So well, she's and, doing that. And while I'm in Utah, it will be uh, part of uh, Hanukkah as well. So we might be doing some Hanukkah stuff in my parents' house and you are all welcome to join us as well if you want to come out and, you know, light some candles and, you know. I have a little dreidel. Well, so, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but, like, when I, uh, I love you. Uh, 
uh, at South Park. It always comes down to South Park. Um, no, but when uh, I first started dating Jess, she was she came home to, to meet my family and like well she'd met my parents but come, came home to like hang out around Christmas time and uh, it was happened to be over uh, uh, Hanukkah that year so I asked my mom if you know she would mind going and picking up a you know uh, a menorah so that uh, we didn't have to like travel with one just so we didn't have to have the space in our bags and my mom went hardcore she went and found like the Jewish center of Salt Lake City which I didn't even know there was one um, and she got like uh, heart, a menorah and then she got like actual like full-blown uh kosher candles like went like hardcore on it well so the funny thing was is my mom not knowing what the respectful way to store a menorah when not in use was which my wife just has a very nice box that it goes into at the end of the year and that kind of thing my i went back to visit my parents in the summer and like above they have this big phone desk with this like this you know this built-in bookshelves and whatever and like the top shelf like this big sort of crowning you know uh location of glory there is a menorah in my mormon parents household which is very funny actually considering the fact that my dad is now a bishop uh there is now a, a giant menorah in their house uh which is pretty amazing so uh, we'll get to use that menorah here in a, a couple days uh or we have previously used that menorah based on when you're listening to this episode so uh the, the wonders of time travel mm. and we will also time travel all the way out to the fantastic land of maryland where on a uh break from the theater we have the recuperating queue Yes! Yay! <laughs> At this point, I will be like fully, fully like fucking done. Um, nice. So, also, I'm just gonna talk <laughs> this book real quick. I have yet to see this part of Arlington that they live in, where it's like <laughs> yeah. super fucking suburbia because that yeah. shit don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, <laughs> for any of you all who might live in the Arlington area, if you live in this fucking quaint part of it, <laughs> you let me know. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, one should look up on YouTube. It's called the Arlington Rap. Oh yes, I've yes, I've I've definitely seen that. So <laughs> it was so funny, and you watch this thing, and then the last, the, the whole thing's like five minutes long, but three and a half minutes as of them referencing the Starbucks. Yeah, and there's there's a lot going. of them. Different Starbucks, like as we go to the Starbucks and the Starbucks and the Starbucks and the Starbucks for like two and a half minutes, and it just shows different shots of different Starbucks all within Arlington. Yes. It's really funny. Yeah, well, and, and, and that, that's why when they said like Arlington, I was like, do they mean the, like where it's literally just like st- the city blocks with Starbucks all over them? Because if they'd have shown me that, <laughs> that, I would have been like, oh, they live next to the Starbucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do a shot right now. Yay! Yay! Woo. Oh, and I, I don't know why I thought Yay, of this, but <laughs> always makes me laugh. Uh, did anyone see? This is now almost a month ago from when this comes out. The uh, the SNL Dunkin' Donuts sketch. Mm-mm. No. Oh, so no. they had Casey Affleck on there because he he was in Manchester by the Sea and he's he's gonna win an Oscar for it and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, just go to YouTube, do SNL Dunkin' Donuts, and it's Casey Affleck in like in the middle of a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, being like every cliched Bostonian asshole you've ever seen in any movie. <laughs> oh, and it's, I can't do I can't do it justice. But that's about his best part of the day is going to Dunkin' Donuts, getting a coffee, smoking three Parliaments, and taking a big dump. And it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Just go go look it up and laugh your ass off. Fantastic. Uh, And uh, I am Brian. I am a sound designer in Southern California, currently working on a video game called uh, Killing, My Friend, um, which is about killing my friend. Uh, Not actually killing your friend or not actually killing my friend or any of my friends. It's just, you know, a, hey, friend, 
you're going to be doing some killing. That's uh, that's my wife doesn't like the title, so I feel like I have to like sort of justify it. Um, not my video game. I am sound designing it, but uh, please buy it because if if it actually makes money, then I get paid, which is what the hope is. Um, and then you'll also be able to hear members of this podcast and others uh, probably hopefully doing voices on it. Um, so anyway, to me the dead hooker. I don't have a dead hooker in there, but I definitely want to have you do some voices in it. I have some ideas. We'll, I mean, we'll just... I'll dead be a hooker, wild turkey. Or the <laughs> wild turkey. <laughs> Actually, you know what would be amazing <laughs> is, is, is we should have you telling the hooker story. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not having my story immortalized in some comic book. You it's not a comic book, it's a video game. Some video game. No, I've already shown like everyone at work. Everyone at work knows your story of picking up the hooker. <laughs> one of our favorite things now to do is when like they just walk up to someone at work and they very creepily just go, "Oh, it's a terrible night to be lonely." <laughs> and the person is obligated to go, "Ah, oh, fuck!" No matter where you are or what's going on, you have to respond. Or else you're in trouble. <laughs> Seriously, it's become a thing on my work now. It's wonderful. Like if you ever come visit, you're going to be infamous. I mean, next summer, I'm coming. Well, if you ever come visit my work, I'm in. No, we, we uh, should mean, go. We should go I'm, do that. Uh, listen, we'll me, me and Ben, we're going to get we're gonna get drunk during the day, and we're going to come to your wasted. work. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I love day drinking. <laughs> yeah? I, I, I don't know whether or not I've really expressed the fact that I love day drinking. I do you still... Uh, do you still get like serpent glasses full of booze and then go like wander around Walmart? Because that's what you used to do when we were in college. Um, I mean, I don't do that anymore. Instead, I just drink minis and then you walk around places. Yeah, I just that's really classy. I, 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 I just discreetly do minis around public. The last time I day drank was, and, and, and before that, the time before that was probably about eight years ago. Was the day after Donald Trump got elected? But Ooh. it didn't really count because I was still drunk from the night before. Yeah. So apparently, I, I don't remember this at all. I was told later on that uh, after they finally announced on election night that Trump won, I guess I was forcing everyone to loop it's the end of the world as we know it while we all danced <laughs> around the apartment and sang. I don't remember that. So uh, apparently, I was I was a good time, though. So Yeah, that sounds yeah. fitting. Uh, I'm all for a hair of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just like day drinking, so... Yeah. One one day I'll have time to day drink. I just don't have time right now. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, just not trying hard enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. So before we get into this, um, so I I did a gig on a, a yacht. It's a long story, and it I can't go into too many details without revealing where I'm I work. On a boat. But, yeah. But anyway, so I'm on this yacht, right? And it was like it was a big, nice yacht. It's in Newport Beach. It's in an expensive area um, of California, like a very expensive area, like and. Um, they basically, I, I can say that they have a Christmas parade every year where basically people decorate their Christmas boats and they, they drive them around the harbor. They're Christmas boats. Yeah, they decorate their boats. And, and the thing is, is that the, the captain who we had, because the guy who owns the boat hired a captain so that he could drink on the boat. Um, so the captain that we had, this guy named Daryl, who... Um, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but like I was working with him all week, and then my mother-in-law came to hang out with him, and suddenly I started like my gaydar started going off on Daryl. Like it hadn't really gone off before then, but then like he got a little like oh honey with my mother-in-law, and I was like, oh okay. Anyway, part of Daryl's gig is he also does the sightseeing tour around it, so he was pointing out celebrities' houses and whatever. So like I now know where like John Wayne had a house and Rock Hudson and uh, stuff, but like but Murphy Brown um, also uh, you know the actress's name is. Uh, uh, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen yeah. she, she lives down there. 
Anyway, so I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm stuck on this boat for like six days, uh, working on this for this a corporate client, we'll say. And uh, the funny thing was, is I looked at this like this guy has this crazy nice yacht, like this big old yacht, shit tasting booze. Like, like I was like, why do you have like he had caracal for some reason? Oh no, creme de ca- creme de cassis for some reason, because it had nothing else to blend with it. Um, he had. Uh, like Malibu rum, some Jack Daniels, and then like some generic vodka and Taka vodka. Yeah, like no, it was just like it was just a dispenser. Like it just had a decanter of like, like I think one of them just said scotch and one of them just said vodka. And I was like, and that was this booze on there. And I'm like, if you're gonna have a yacht this big, you should at least be able to spring for some decent booze. Like I was very judgmental, unfortunately. Nice guy though, but uh, yeah, that if if you can at least afford a yacht, please invest in some decent booze. Otherwise, I will quietly judge you or not so quietly judge you. <laughs> Um, I will say nothing and then judge you on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you'll never hear anyway, and it doesn't matter. But uh, I'm just, you've been warned. Yeah, you've been warned. You can buy and sell me if you wanted to, but you've been warned. Your taste in booze is shit. Um, I may not have money, but I have good taste in booze. Um, so, anyway, that being said, this week we are reading uh, The Vision by uh, Tom King. Is that right? Is it Tom? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and this is a book I, I recommended. He's what? Tom? It's He's Bob's your uncle. Never mind. That's a horribly racist joke that no one got. Uh, anyways, continue. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not racist enough to get that joke. Um, anyway, so continuing on, I guess we should say. Uh, so. I'm gonna go to hell when I die. Yeah. I'm gonna go to hell when I die. See, this is the randomness we were missing last week. We were way too on top of that last week. We just got I mean, really... We, we still got there, though. We got deep in the weeds on the Marvel Universe is what we did. Like, this is, like, oh, more just random oh, all no, over we, the place. We hopped in at the end because we were, we were waiting. To, we, just, <laughs> yeah. we just were muted the whole time. We're like, yeah, oh, we're talking that. about Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, we, it, got, it, got a little, <laughs> it got a little weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean... Ignore her. She drinks. So, um... <laughs> Um, that's, oh that's what people say about me. Don't talk about me. Okay, how dare you talk about Q that way? They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, I got a few things. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm tired. Q, do you want to give a brief preview? Does anyone want to give a brief preview? I, I, sure. I mean, I know you'll do the the uh, the lightning round. I mean, if someone wants to do the preview, I will be yeah. happy to do the lightning. And round. I can do the preview as well. Unless, is there somebody else who wants to do the preview on this one? It's all yours, bro. It's all yours, dude. Oh, great, thanks. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so um, we have the Vision. You know, member of uh, Marvel's uh, Avengers. You know, you've sort of seen him in the movies. You've sort of seen him in the comic books. He wants to know what it's like to to be a real boy, sort of so to speak. So he has uh, a wife now and to uh, also. Uh, Two children are made of the same stuff that he is, and uh, they're trying to make a go at it in suburbia, but not quite fitting in. Um, and the problem is this: is that uh, you know they want to be a normal family, but they are you know not really necessarily completely androids, but they are you know robots sort of things. So they're not normal human beings, uh, so they don't fit in on that account. Also, his job is, is as a superhero, so of course um, that ends up bringing some trouble to the home. And also, they were partially created by Ultron, which creates uh, some bad blood that way. So a variety of events happen um you get a deep dark little family secret that's going on that uh the ventress or the vision's family has to keep away from the vision and uh it ends up uh, causing uh turmoil all around you also get a certain amount of uh 
fairly blatant uh, racist, racism and, and phobia against uh, the uh, the Vision family because you know of course they're different in this town and it has some some very uh, echoes to civil rights movement uh, things and uh, and uh, yeah that's where the this book kind of uh, starts and takes off from uh, so uh, it's I feel like it's a well written book but it's also uh, has some interestingly heavy stuff and dealt with in a comic book fashion Does that seem uh, fair to everyone as yes. a uh, okay yep. mm-hmm. So, that being said, if we're going to jump in to drink on it, uh, or jump in and read it, we're going to need a drinking game to go with it. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule one. The what time is it? Rule. What time is it? Anytime time travel, time, or future events are revealed. Drink. Rule two. The Wes Anderson rule. Every time you feel like you're in a Wes Anderson movie, because you're drinking heavily at the beginning of this. Is rule three. Uh, cool, and then I'm going to go with the uh, the blatant racism. So uh, you know the appearance of the Redskins or the uh, the go home sockets or bolt lovers or whatever they call them. Uh, take a drink. Socket lover. And our final rule: the Stepford Wives rule. And mine, mine kind of is like whenever you're reading reading the visions like the, into the family. Well, then that will get us started. If anybody has anything else you want to add before we go into our little break. Raspberries. Okay, I'm going to say no. Okay, and here we go. They're used to curious sights, which they attribute to alcoholic delusions. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Don't talk about me like I'm not here. (laughs) So, anyway, there we go. Raspberry! <laughs> um, so, I guess that we are back um, in our rambling, rambling ways. So, uh, Q, huh. are you ready for your mission in life? Yes. Are you ready for what you're put on Earth to do? I don't know, I don't know how this job has just become mine. All right. So I, I think it became uh, yours because you're actually pretty damn good at doing it. So, it became your job. It's like, oh, Q's really good at doing this. I'm just going to let him keep doing it because I suck at it. So, I'll let you do it. Because you get, you have a tendency to get a lot of more details in the correct order. I do a lot of, this happened. Oh, wait, shit. You have to go back and remember that this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Oh, and don't forget that this happened. Like, you're actually logically in order, which is why I think it ended up being yours. Uh, well, that's what I love it's because about. I. F- I f- Flip through the book as I'm doing it. Okay. Well, <laughs> they, I will sing "Unreliable Narrator" and "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang" is one of my favorite things. <laughs> oh, that whole movie's like, oh fuck, I forgot to tell you about this. Oh, yeah. yeah, here you go. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's it's quaint and, and lovely in that movie. But um, as I've learned from my wife and ex girlfriends, when I try to tell a story and I do that, they get annoyed as hell. Uh, so in real life, it doesn't necessarily work out as well because it's it's a lot of oh yeah, and by the way, oh yeah, don't forget about this, and don't forget about this, and don't forget about this. So Q, are you ready yes. for your for your opportunity of glory? <sighs> you All ready? Right. No pressure. No pressure. Lightning round begins now. So. The Visions have moved to Arlington, Virginia. Vision has uh, created himself a uh, wife named Virginia, a daughter named Viv, and a son named Vin. 
and uh, they uh, live in the unknown suburban area of Arlington. <laughs> and um, and uh, the kids uh, go to school. The wife is currently trying to decide whether or not she's going to get a job. At first, they're sort of like trying to figure out what it is that they want to do with their lives. And craziness, the uh, Grim Reaper attacks. Uh, he almost mortally wounds uh, the daughter. He hurts Viv, and the mother kills him. This definitely hurts Vin. Vin is very distraught by all of this. The wife, Virginia, she lies to Vision about what actually happened. Vin is sort of uh, accosted by Viv's lab partner. He pretty much chokes him out. So this causes problems at school. Um, a lot of people are very concerned about um, the Visions. Virginia is being blackmailed. There's lots of people kind of turning against the Visions. Uh, Vision does get to fix Viv, but um, there's still just a lot of questions about what's going on. Throughout all of this, uh, you're getting flashbacks to Agatha Harkness, who is an old um, Avengers Fantastic Four side character who was uh, closely tied to Scarlet Witch, who is Vision's ex-wife. So the kids come back to school. It's really not boding well. Virginia is confronted by the man who's trying to blackmail her, who is the father of the kid who was choked out accidentally shoots his own son because Virginia can phase um, and uh, the police arrest Vision. It's kind of a hot mess. It's discovered that the, so the dog discovers uh, the body of What's his name of the Grim Reaper? He turns the dog into the to another Vision dog. Just just lots of awkwardness happening around town. And then at the end, Agatha Harkness appears before the Avengers, saying that the Vision is having trouble adjusting to uh, what he considers real life and or. or what he considers uh, problems that are solvable and problems that are unsolvable and that this will destroy all of reality. End of book one. Okay, okay. And scene. And scene. Yeah. And, and I... And I, I will jump in real fast. One of my favorite scenes in this book, and it's so fucked up and it makes me think that it would be perfect in an American Horror Story kind of uh, setting, is when uh, the guy comes over looking for his dog, and uh, Virginia's like, well, here, you can go ahead and take a look. And the house has been just ransacked and destroyed, and the kids are crying in corners, and like it just looks like anarchy in the house and like they're like oh just go ahead and take a look we're moving like and it's obviously that they are not moving it's obviously that all hell has broken loose in that house and it's just like i don't know visually as from a storytelling aspect as to how fractured the family is at that point in time i really love that scene and i love the fact that she gives him the the, the guy back the the pan the cookies were on that she killed the grim reaper with and it's like all bent up like here you go i cleaned it <laughs> I didn't catch that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely that. that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, um, that is so awesome. I didn't catch that originally. So, that's so great. So, like my thing, my thing with this with this book. So I I do like the art. I think that it's like just off kilter enough that mm -hmm. it sort of puts you puts you on edge a little bit. Um, a, you know, a little bit gritty without being like. Um, you know, like DMZ or yeah. You know, like, <laughs> well, that, and I, I'm not saying that to just the artists of DMZ, but it, it's like it's not that like realistic gritty. It's just sort of oh, it's just a little different. Um, but like my thing is, uh, I'm very curious. Uh, so FYI, I kind of like this book. 
um, as like a classic comics person, and mm-hmm. I'm very curious as to how this sort of wraps up because Vision has already done this before, mm-hmm. and it ended terribly. Yes. Why is he doing it again? Yeah. Like, I'm very curious, and I guess maybe he thinks that uh, he can control it better since now he has an android wife and android children. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I find it interesting that he creates a female or a female child and a male child when he has had um, <laughs> two male the the twins who also are still kind of alive. Like, it's just very. Weird. So, in case in case y'all don't know, but the vision comes from a very <laughs> fucked up family tree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, his dad was kind of Ultron, so. So, yeah. so his dad is Ultron, who is also the quote son of Hank Pym, and that whole craziness. But then, so he then was married to Scarlet Witch. They had children. Those children got reabsorbed by the devil, but then reborn as the. Um, Young Avengers, Speed and Wiccan, but and then that all ties him into the craziness that is Magneto's. No uh, what? No wonder Wiccan's gay. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty. <laughs> I mean his dad's a robot and his mom is a quote inhuman slash mutant. Fuck you, Marvel. She's a mutant. Um, and you know then that ties him to like all of Magneto's hot mess family. And um, again, like I'm just in. Like, I was very intrigued when Agatha Harkness was brought into all of this, because I was like, okay, like, Vision, this is this is some craziness. So, also, in case you guys didn't know, my, my recommendations are um, three books that are sort of referenced in this one, which are uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch Volume 1, Vision and Scarlet Witch Volume 2, and the Vision Quest storyline from the West Coast Avengers. So... Mm-hmm. The first volume is after Vision and Scarlet Witch get married and they try to move into suburbia, which is also very much like this, and all of the shenanigans and hijinks that happen in that. And volume two is when you learn that Magneto is Scarlet Witch's uh, father and she gives birth to twins that she impregnates herself with with her own powers. What? Okay. Craziness. <laughs> yeah. Um, because obviously he's a robot. He can't you yeah. know, do that. Um, no matter how anatomically correct he is. And then <laughs> in the West Coast Avenger storyline called Vision Quest is a story that I kind of referenced um, when we were doing Infinity Gauntlet where um, Vision is... Uh, removed of all of his emotions which then caused a lot of strain in his relationship with Scarlet Witch and then he becomes a white robot for a while um uh, design choices whatever um but they're they're just kind of referenced in this book so you know I recommend sort of bulking up on those storylines as well um because they're they're referenced heavily um but it's just it's so just weird to me that I'm just like it didn't work the first time Vision what are you doing this, this is this is also going to end badly. Um, oh, but also uh, so another part of his fucked up heritage is the fact that his brain patterns are based on Wonder Man, Simon Williams, which is why Grim Reaper, who is Wonder Man's brother, comes to kill them because yeah. they are they are carbon copies of what yeah. he believes is his family. Also, I know uh, I'm trying very hard. I haven't finished reading the second volume of this, but I do know the first issue after the book that we're reading now. I know that it. I have read that, and it discusses uh, the visions past with Scarlet Witch. They, it does bring that in, discusses well, okay. that, like this, the very next book, um, Scarlet Witch. They, they basically flash back and talk about Scarlet Witch and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, 
just but insanity yeah. of yeah. of any anyway. Um, yeah, I'll let you all talk for a while. I'm sorry. Well, and, and, and continue on that thought process. That insanity is kind of what I love about this book because it is this wanting to try to have the white picket fence and that perfect life and having it not work out because the family is completely dysfunctional and it is completely fucked up and it has this weird messed up sort of situation and it's it's them trying it almost kind of reminds it reminds me a little bit of american horror story especially towards the end where he's like he's making the dog and the house is destroyed that kind of seems like something from like maybe the first season of american horror story but the other thing it kind of reminds me of a little bit is um and adam maybe you can talk about this or i mean if you i might be completely off base but it reminds me a little bit of american beauty where it's that sort of that idea of the perfect you know house and that kind of thing and it, it being really kind of fucked up underneath under the hood and that kind of stuff. american beauty definitely it does i can kind of see that because that was <clears throat> these people who you know for those who haven't seen it which eddie this is you um, <laughs> no it's it's you look at these the whole point is these people's lives who are so put together and they're just the perfect happy little family and this and that and then you go behind the scenes and you see all these horrible things and the message kind of is is no one's perfect everyone's kind of fucked up and I can definitely see that there but the interesting thing with with the visions is that they don't really know what it's like it's almost like they're kind of basing their life of what they think perfection should look like or normal life Mm -hmm. from like leave it to beaver because they really don't know how to act because they're synthesoids they don't have that idea of you know they they can read books and they can see what it's supposed to be like but they don't kind of have that preconceived notion of what their parents were like because either one they had fucked up parents who created literally created them or they're just Mm -hmm. brand new to this so it I know I I like this book a lot. I, I <clears throat> to be completely honest, I kind of had to read it a bit faster than I wanted to because so I've kind of been going back and trying to reread it again because mm-hmm. there's so much good stuff in there and uh, a lot of my friends have been recommending this book for a long time and I had no idea it'd be as dark and as violent as it was. Yeah, it was kind of t- took me by surprise, but mm-hmm. yeah, the idea of you know what everyday normal American life is like and how do we fit into that. Um. It's slightly different than American Beauty, but at the same time, it's the whole trying to fit in and keeping up with the Joneses and making people think you're normal. When in reality, first of all, no one's normal. And second of all, these people especially are not normal. <laughs> they can, and I love the little fact that we sit sitting there talking and all of a sudden one will like phase through a wall. Is everything okay? Okay, just making sure, and then just phase back again. Or like yeah. when the kids are spray painting the garage, like the soccer lover. Oh, I love that so like much. And just like slam his head into the door. Oh, I love that <laughs> scene so much. It made me so happy. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's I I liked it a lot. I can't wait to read more of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's it definitely goes off the rails towards the end, and I'm assuming that it all kind of gets tied together neatly towards the end of the whole series. Which again, there's only what six more. Yeah. So after this, so this puts you halfway through at the end of this book, and uh, and and I, I started reading the other book last night, and then just didn't finish it off. Um, so um, I, I and I'm I'm not going to try to say anything about it just because I want to leave this book on its own and, and only discuss this book. Mm-hmm. But I do know that the very next issue past what we read is a flashback to discussing um, you know his relationship with the Scarlet Witch and and that kind of thing and how that kind of fell apart and that kind of thing, uh, which um, you know Q is discussing the the back history of the character and that kind of thing. And to be honest with you, I had, I mean, I had none of that knowledge of the back history of this character. I think my, my knowledge of the vision strictly goes off of uh, his character in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, and I still just based on the writing and the storyline and that kind of that idea of him trying to have a, a perfect family. I still love the hell out of this book. Um, I didn't necessarily need to have any of that extra information for it. 
Well, that's mine too. I, I think for most people who, you know, unless they've read a lot of comics, especially Avengers, uh, mm-hmm. following for years, I'd say the majority of people their exposure to Vision is is from uh, Avengers Two, Age of Ultron. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I I mean I didn't know anything about it before then, and that kind of made me love the character even more. And then Civil War made it more interesting. So. It's a character I have. I can say this about probably half the Marvel universe because I think, me personally, I've read, I, I've dipped my toes in the Marvel pool enough to know all the main characters and know a little bit about the side characters. But the little bits I know pale in comparison to the whole story. Like you know, we mentioned uh, Wicca, Wiccan, and everyone else. I know of them and I know the basics of their personality and you know their who they are in the Marvel universe, but. I don't know much about them, so this is a really fun one for someone who has a basic idea of who the Vision is, and then really getting to see, oh, I get this, and I see this, and this ties in here, and I can see why it would do this, and be well. Be well. <laughs> so, You know me looking at this, my little thing is, this is our second book of where the uh, dipping into the lives of the Avengers would not avenging, and mm-hmm. I would say I'd rather be Hawkeye than the Vision in this regard. <laughs> So let's be clear about that. Um, I read this book. I'm not really a Marvel guy, so all I know is Paul Bettany's version, and this fits in well. What was amazing as I was reading this is the introduction of everything else, and Tom King, I really think, hit it out of the park, though, is he's like, let us introduce you to the visions, and it's like, and they have the normal worries, but it feels like I was reading a Wes Anderson introduction Mm -hmm. to a film with Alec Baldwin talking to you, with all these little blurbs, how... Of just how it is and painting the picture and everything static so and then you know it's really similar to American Beauty but I was finding it a bit more in common with the TV show The Americans and it has a little bit different but in The Americans is you've got this couple with a bunch of kids that are actually Russian spies mm-hmm. now no one knows they're spies but while here spoilers everyone, I know <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe here but they're in Arlington or an area very similar to that, and they're living their lives. These guys are obviously different, while the others are trying to blend in. But yet, at the same time, they're going, we're trying to figure out what it is to be this quintessential American family that everyone thinks we know what it should be, but we really have no idea. So it's a combination of the Americans and then throwing some coneheads for good measure, going, we're from France, kind of an yeah. idea. And you know, it's a lot of fun as you're reading this. And then there's just some dark, twisted stuff going <laughs> in here. It's like Tom Hanks from The Burbs is about to show up at any time. Oh, that's good. So, I, I, I think that reference is all Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's see, we're dating ourselves there. If your dog takes a shit in my lawn one more time, I'm going to find it and staple its ass shut. <laughs> I'll be honest. Even because of that movie, every time I take my dog out to go to the bathroom, I feel a little guilty every time. I, it's like a neighbor's yard. I'm like, we should just go to the common area. Like, but, like, yeah, anyway, it's a letter. I know. So. so. But, yeah, looking at the art, I mean, Q really put it well. It's there. It's definitely, I mean, there's not a, it's not gritty like DMZ is by any means, but it's also not nearly so, um, friendly and rosy in its own way it seems to be that way but the tones are a little bit color tones are a little bit off and other people just look it's just like something's a little bit on edge it's kind of like there's that strings in the background that are just a little too off key for you as you're reading through it Mm -hmm. um but a little that does come into me i do love the character of virginia because she is trying to be what the vision thinks she's trying to be so my drink for this is actually called virginia's electric screwdriver Okay. 
Yeah, so I can just see her here either drinking lots of glasses Merlot when she's all by herself or having this electric screwdriver. What you do is you take five wives vodka and you put four fingers of that into a glass and then you just do a splash of Simply Orange Juice. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. And she just drinks an awful lot of that and you can see her drinking that and then completely justifying all this monstrous things that she has done. And then once her husband finds out what she was up to, he's like, you know, I wish you would have told me. This would have made things easier. And the fact that the vision has no issue with the ghastly things that are being done, it's just, this is going to require its own special kind of cleanup. I I love that his reaction to finding the Grim Reaper is turning the dead dog into a dog for his children. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Look what I have for you. No one will find the dead dog now. It's almost like like he should have been the husband in the movie Serial Mom. Mm-hmm. Cause he just been like, oh yeah, she shouldn't have worn white for Labor Day. <laughs> so, yeah, I've just been done with it. So it's it was a lot of fun reading it, and it's it's kind of like the outsider's version of what they think the inside looks like. And mm-hmm. the real answer is no one knows what the inside really should look like. And they're not any more right or wrong than anyone else, I guess. At the end of the day, and as a family, they've got their own unique quirks, but don't we all? I was going to say, so my um, cocktail I call the visions of the future because there's lots of, like, going back and forth through time. There's lots of references to things that are happening in the future. So, like, even in, like, the first few pages when the neighbors are coming over to visit, it says, and then when they die, they're thinking of when the visions burn their house down. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh spo- spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, so this is uh, the vision of the future. So uh, you get some honey crisp apple cider, uh, some spear, some Smirnoff sour apple vodka, uh, some green apple Jones soda, and then you make ice cubes out of um, apple cran juice with whole cranberries in it. And it's pretty much you know shake that shit up and then drain over the ice cubes that you've made. Um, I've sent the whole recipe to Brian. He can post that. I'm not going to read through all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just so... Like, it's like going through time without being a time travel story. So the mm-hmm. only times that you're really going back in time are the little snippets of Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. Um, who also, at, when you get to the end of the book, I can't tell if she's... Um, um, like an astral projection or a ghost because mm-hmm. the last time I remember reading about Agatha Harkness was um, at the end of Avengers Disassembled where you find out that the Scarlet Witch has been reanimating her corpse for Lord knows how long. Anyway, so it's it's like going back and forth through, through time. Um, again, talking about he's already tried this twice before with Scarlet Witch and now he thinks that he can make it better with this android family and obviously it's not faring well either um Mm -hmm. and uh and he also is like uh he reiterates I have saved the world uh what is it 30 something times yeah and then goes through each one which by the way if you go through those a lot of those number one have to either deal with Ultron or two the whole hot ass mess that was his relationship with the Scarlet Witch so uh-huh. it's like I, I feel like he's trying to maybe go back in time without time travel because as we know time travel never works like that shit's mm-hmm. just crazy um so and um 
even though like the mathematical explanation of P versus NP, which is um, what Agatha Harkness is talking about in this book, like that part is confusing to me. But it's like he's trying to then control the uncontrollable, which was also kind of. And this is me reading too much into this, and also the fact that I've now been drinking for two hours. Um, <laughs> I approve. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Scarlet Witch's powers are manipulating probabilities. So obviously, he's now trying to control those probabilities that she manipulates by creating children and a wife who should be, quote, more controllable, being as how they're. Uh, Androids like he is, they're programmed to be a certain way instead of allowing them to have you know more of that free choice. But apparently, he gave them too much free choice, and that's um, you know even crazier. But uh, anyway, it's just it, I, I I'm definitely gonna get, pick up the second trade of this because I want to see how this story wraps up. Um, the whole Vision Scarlet Witch thing is very interesting to me because I'm like girl, you got some bad taste in men, because even after the Vision broke up with her, she started dating um, Wonder Man, who Vision is based off of. It's like, girl, uh, you cannot <laughs> hook up with the man that your husband's brain patterns were based off of. That's some fucked up shit. Um, Ignore her. She drinks. Exactly. <laughs> and, bitch, Scarlet Witch needs to just have a drink and calm, calm her ass down. So, so here's my question like that. So, uh, what's the name of the the astral projection at the end, or the? So her name is Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness. So isn't isn't she the one though who earlier on is telling the story about how you make the Everbloom flower work? Yes. Okay. So that, that's what I want to know if she's maybe because. What you find out is that she's the one narrating the whole thing. Like every yes. time you see the pearl box, it's her talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's her narr. It's her telling the story to the Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. So I, I just, I, so I can't tell if maybe like when she ate that, like it just fucked her up, and now she's kind of stuck in the astral realm. Or the fact or... that she's been dead for that long. Sure, that too. Um, <laughs> but 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 I, I'm also wondering if so. Agatha Harkness is a witch, so it could <laughs> be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it could be the fact that in the past she's having these visions, so she's astrally projecting herself into the future since she's already dead. Again, I, I don't know because you know this is all just conjecture and comics, at this so. point. But you know, t- time travel, magic, astral projection, you know. Raspberry. <laughs> oh my God! If Agatha Harkness could be please played by Carol Channing, my. <laughs> I, 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 based on this conversation we've had earlier, I have made a decision. If they're ever going to let John Waters direct a movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is the movie that he could direct and knock it out of the park. I'm just putting yeah, that out there. It would be so awkward and weird. It would be Kevin amazing. Page, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of the of the Everbloom, uh, it kind of brings me back to the beginning, which where they show the different gifts the Visions have when they're showing the neighbors. And mm-hmm. one of them was the water vase of Zenlaw. So my drink is called the Zenlaw because it looks pretty, but we all know alcohol is poison. So it's poison inside. Um, it is uh, one and a half ounce of vodka, a half ounce of blue curacao, a squeeze of lemon of so take like a lemon wedge, squeeze it in, and then stir it and top it off with champagne. Oh, raspberry! <laughs> Sorry, I was swallowing my shot. That sounds delicious. It does. Um, so I'm going to then go with my cocktail, and then we'll have all of our cocktails in. Uh, so my this is my logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, nobody. Else. 
Uh, my logic was, uh, since they're trying to do sort of like a 1950s uh, family sort of thing, I went and looked up the most popular cocktails from the 1950s, and this seemed like the most sort of uh, straight-ahead uh, cocktail from the 50s. This is a Seabreeze, which I had never actually heard of, but uh, sounds damn tasty, to be honest with you. Uh, it's one and a half ounces of vodka, four ounces of cranberry juice, one ounce of grapefruit juice, uh, one and a half cups of ice and a lime wedge. You uh, put all that in it, like you basically put all the ingredients, excluding the lime wedge, into a glass. You stir, and then you garnish with a lime wedge, and there you have a lovely Seabreeze. Another not, shot for you. Not here. to be mistaken with Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit. Okay. Also, it's not like being called Sea Biscuit. Well, so there was um, a guy at work who was a total asshole, and we called him a douche and so we used to call him summer's eve because he was a douche and so then what we started doing is uh we would we would change the song uh summer summer breeze to uh no yeah to summer's eve right so it'd be like summer's eve makes me feel fine so it's i summer he, breeze it's just, no, but the, but Summer's Eve is the name of the the, the the lyrics are Summer Breeze, the lyrics are yeah. the, the the douche is Summer's Eve, so we oh, would change oh, the lyrics to Summer's I'm sorry. Eve. I missed the first part of the conversation. I must have okay. blocked out. For a I gotcha. Um, so <laughs> maybe drinkers, the but they're also human beings. Um, so <laughs> what we would do is, and he never caught on to it, but if he ever walked through our venue, I had that song like queued up <laughs> on a button, and I would play that song as he walked through to the point where it got stuck in his head, and he. Would would start singing it himself and we thought we were <laughs> hilarious that was our own little inside joke on that so there you go you're welcome uh he no longer works for the company so it doesn't really matter uh and i'm sure he's not going to listen to a podcast about comic books and drinking so i'm not too worried about that either um uh, <laughs> and you know what fuck it if he hears you were a douche so fucking deal with it i don't care um and uh, <laughs> yeah um, Behold the field where I grow my fucks, and thou shalt see it is barren. Super barren. Super, super barren. Uh, okay. Uh, there's the random. I'm tired. I've been up since way too early, and I've worked way too much today, so. Girl, it's 9.30, and I've been up since 5. Get it together. <laughs> So anyway, well then, uh, I mean, does anybody else have any else, anything else they want to discuss before we kind of go into final reviews and all that nonsense? I think we said our piece. Yeah. Our piece? Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll jump in with my review. I, I really liked this book. Um, I recommended this book. That's why I really liked it. But I, I did like the, I mean, a lot of what we've said here, um, I like the, the dark nature of it. I like the, uh, I like the art. I like the storytelling. Um, and between this book and uh, I think we get to it a little bit later this month, um, a book called uh, Omni Men uh, or Omega Men. Uh, I have become a huge fan of the writer uh, Tom King. Uh, based on this, like I, you know, based on those two books, I was like, this guy is definitely one to watch out for. Um, I know he's done a. Bat- Todd can tell me a, it's a run on Batman, and I think mm-hmm. he also did uh, Nightwing. Uh, not Todd's fabulous Nightwing, but the modern Nightwing. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he, he, that's what he's been writing. So, I mean, he's still relatively new in the game, uh, but I, I sort of expect a lot of good things from him just because I, I like his style on this. Um, and uh, so I, I enjoy the hell out of this, and I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Q, what are your uh, final thoughts, opinions, reviews? Um, again, I'm very interested in this book. I like that it touched on history without it like bogging the story down. It's like you didn't need to know, but it's like, oh hey, just in case you know you want to keep looking up. And like, and the boys missed this early, but you know, if you're ever curious, there's this thing called Google and Wikipedia <laughs> that you can look up things 
that you might not know about. It's kind of awesome. Make sure safe search is off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Especially for the vision. He uh-huh. said he, he posts lots of sexy time photos. He does. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, P.S. Vision has gotten around, just FYI. Like, for, like, for like a robot. Like She-Hulk status or what? What? Like She-Hulk status? No, not like She-Hulk or Iron Man status, but I mean, he's still uh, gotten his fair share. Um, so he, he's like a Ted Mosby to uh, Barney Stinson as the Iron Man. I don't know what any of those words you just said mean. Oh, I know, but Adam, Adam appreciated that. I know Adam appreciated that. It, that was yes. for him. That, that was just for Adam. That, uh, we'll call that, it that, puzzles. <laughs> What's the puzzle? That's the puzzle. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I liked it. I'm definitely going to pick up the second trade. Knowing that it's a limited series actually is helpful to me because I'm like, oh, good, I don't have to read a whole lot more. Yeah, you don't have um, to be like completely stuck into a whole new series or um, that. that. And, and and the other thing is, e- even though like uh, like retconning can sometimes be kind of dangerous and uh, annoying for some people, like this feels like retconning without actually retconning because there's obviously like some kind of time travel or something going on with Agatha Harkness whatever's going on there and she's warning people of the future it doesn't feel like days of future past retconning or like finding out that Cable is Cyclops' son retconning kind Mm -hmm. of stuff Um, because you know I, I, I do like stories where they do a good throwback to the past you know making sure that we're all it's um like so, sometimes, like the little uh, spiel about you know the times he saved the world, it feels like Shakespeare. Where in Act Five, there's always someone's like, "So in case you fell asleep, this is what's been going on." Um, mm-hmm. Like where he's just like, "In case you guys didn't know, in the past thirty years that I have been a character, this is how many times that I've saved the Earth." Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, it's so, so, no, so you're I, not gonna I, fucking arrest me. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, um. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, but anyway, I, I, I enjoy those. All read of this book, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I enjoy those kind of stories. I feel like it has something. To say, which oh, there was something else I want to talk about real quick. Was um, so like the blatant racism that's like kind of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting to me because Arlington and Northern Virginia are actually very uh, liberal, progressive. Uh, diverse areas mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it's very interesting that it's like mostly white people that they depict in this because it's like yeah. um, it would make more sense if these people were Indian because that's who lives yeah. in Northern Virginia um, and I, I, I think I, obviously they're just trying to do, depict a suburbia that's near DC when it's like actually if they put this in Southern Maryland it would make a whole lot more sense because mm-hmm. that's the kind of neighborhoods that are you know down here which are yeah. 40 minutes outside the city instead of like 10 minutes outside the city um, and we're still bedroom communities down here like a lot of people still commute up to DC um, from from my neck of the woods but anyway um, it's just interesting that you know they're they're trying to depict like these people who are like racist against the the robots and granted you know they're robots it's not like a race of people mm-hmm. completely different thing and also duds comic books but it was just interesting to me that they picked Arlington which is a very melting pot kind of place full of Starbucks 
Um, yeah, and I'm willing to bet it had little to do with anything other than we're, we want him to be working for the White House. What is a well-known town near, you know, Washington D.C.? And, and and again, I'm just kind of like, because uh, they could have gone further out to like Manassas, Virginia, where again this would make sense with mm-hmm. like predominantly white kids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the you know that kind of stuff because. The, you're getting to more of to the outskirts, and those people are still commuting into the city. Whereas, like him living in Arlington with like the yuppies and the, and again, and like that description at the beginning, it's fairly accurate. Where he's talking about, you know, there are these people who were government, you know, in the government, and then they, you know, none of them build anything, none of them actually you work with their hands, but they're all these lobbyists and government workers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's actually true, but. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no one's from Arlington. There mm-hmm. are people who are from Arlington. They all move to Arlington. Um, and kids who are born there eventually move to other parts of Northern Virginia. Like, you're from Northern Virginia. You're not, like, from a city, it seems. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's my personal opinion. So people from Northern Virginia, you can suck it, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know, anyway, I like the book. I, w- I would say read it. Go ahead and get get yourself the next trade. Buy it in a two pack from Amazon. Enjoy. <laughs> or on okay. Comicsology because the first trade's like five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, or, or do that. I I can't read things on my iPad. It hurts my eyes. That's true. I've had that problem with an iPad before as well. Actually, that's why I had I had an iPad and I also had a Nook because I could read on the Nook at least books. Uh, the backlight on the iPad was too difficult for me to actually read like books and things like that. Unless but. it's porn, then it's fine. But yeah, but you're well, not reading porn. You're just watching, you know, the movement. Porn for the deaf, so. <laughs> it, it, it's it's Q-erotica. Q-erotica? Q-erotica. Oh, my God, that should be Madonna's next single. She should throw it back to erotica and make it Q-erotica. Q-erotica. <laughs> Romance. And then you could go on tour with her. It would be great. P.S. And by the way, Cher is in the uh, Pee Wee Herman Christmas special. I was super excited about that when I saw that. I thought of you, Q. And she's going to be doing a residency in D.C. at the new casino, and it's amazing. And I'm going. Will her butt cheeks keep hanging out? God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say I didn't know you were an ass man, Q, but I'm pretty certain I did know that, actually. uh, Todd, what are your uh, reviews and thoughts and things? You know, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I um, had a good time with it. Tom King, I had read before, was Sheriff of Babylon, which is basically, in some ways, his take on DMZ. So, Q, ignore that one, but it's really good. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, and something I would recommend to reading along with it, though, is you've got the movie Hard Candy. Oh yeah, a little Ellen Page in there. Oh, that movie's fucked up. That is a way fucked up movie. Fucked up. I love it. I love death because it's, it's a movie that I keep. He- I'm sorry. It's a movie I keep hearing is fucked up, and I own it, and I'm like, uh, maybe not today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. But you read it here, and like at first, it's like, oh, it's got such a nice shell on the outside of what you think it's going to be, and then it's not. So, you thought that movie was nice from the beginning? Yeah. I like Ellen Page. I like Ellen Page too, but that movie's <laughs> yeah, fucked up for me to go. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, and Q, just just for clarification, and I'm sure you don't need this because I'm sure you've heard it all before. It's fucked up in the actions and what the plot is. It's not like fucked up like um, Saw or Hostel, no, where not. it's like bloody and gore. It is a little, but like more it's of it's like there's a lot going on that you're very uncomfortable with, and then it changes, and you're still kind of uncomfortable with it. Like it, it starts out, you're like, oh, this is this is not going somewhere good, and then it switches on, and you go, oh, I'm feeling a little better, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, maybe. Maybe I'm not feeling better about this anymore. Like it's, 
Did you see what you made me do? You made me go all high. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. No, it's good. And, you know, and then David Slade went out and he did Max Payne and 30 Days of Night and New and Eclipse. So see, there you go. It, it, like, that, that just reminds me of uh, Freeway, and I think I'd rather watch Freeway again. Sure. Um, what, which one's Freeway? Freeway's the one with Bruce Witherspoon where it's uh, a Little Red Riding Hood tale yeah. with Kiefer Sutherland. Bob, do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I don't remember. It, I don't remember that movie at all. I never saw it. Uh, it's amazing. You should. You should. Yeah, you should. It's good. It, there you, you go. But, no, but, but Hard Candy is amazing, and it's, it's great. And let's just say you leave at the end feeling satisfied. Yes. Feeling yeah. satisfied. And the vision here. This is satisfying. I'm gonna pick up the second trade as well. It's already on order. And what's great about it with it being a limited run, it's done. Yeah. Type of a deal. You you start. You have a middle. You have a finish. And. Oftentimes you've got series that seem to go on and on and you just kind of pick go in and out of different things But this is a small bite-sized hole and it's great. So I really enjoyed it It's one of my better Marvel books. I've actually enjoyed reading would be my statement there. Cool. yeah uh, Adam, you're you're the last one to give us your thoughts. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've been wanting to read this for a while. I'm very, very glad that we chose to do it because it gives me an excuse to take the time to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to go get it and take a look at it. Um, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. it. It was, again, surprising as far as how kind of twisted it got. I, from, my, from what was passed on to me originally was, oh, this is just the story of the Vision having a family and trying to fit into suburbia. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to involve the Grim Reaper and people being cut in half and mm-hmm. and, turning, and cutting brains out of dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so like, I'm and I like the fact that uh, sometimes you, you read a graphic novel or a trade and they finish with you know issue number whatever, and it feels kind of like, oh, that's well, where's this going? Mm-hmm. What's happening? What's next? This one left you on a fun little cliffhanger where you're like, oh, shit, I need to know what's happening. Like, I need to know right now. So mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow I actually have the day off, and I'm going to uh, purchase mm-hmm. the next trade and and plow through it because I really want to see what happens. And as we've all said, I love the fact that there's one more trade. I can read that. And then for good or for bad, no matter what I think, the story's over. And I can mm-hmm. reflect upon it and go where I want to. Maybe I'll pick up some more books with Vision in it. Maybe if they decide or if it works out to do another series later on, I can hop in. But even if I don't, hey, guess what? I had a whole story. I got to absorb it and enjoy it over the course of a few hours. And I'm done. And I can go about my life. But no, it's, it, this is a lot of fun. Uh, it's dark. It's twisted. I love the Wes Anderson thing. Todd was saying, so I, did, I was kind of feeling something. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this like? Where? What am I sensing? And then when he walked in today, he's like, it was like a Wes Anderson movie. Like, Royal Tenenbaums meets, what was it? Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. It felt, I was like, oh, that's what it was. Like, duh, I should have seen that. But no, it, I, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting. It's a quick read, but at the same time, you want to go back and kind of take your time going through each page because I know there's a lot of subtext and things I need to go back and kind of reabsorb because I probably didn't catch all of it the first time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, another unanimous, which uh, we're starting to get a few that we actually all really like, which is we're either getting better at picking books that we all appreciate or we're just finding good stuff in general right now. Yeah. Uh, 
Whichever that is, I'm, I'm happy with however it goes. Uh, fantastic. Uh, do we have any recommendations before we start talking about next week's book? Uh, my recommendations were to go back and read uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch Volumes 1 and 2 and a West Coast Avengers The Vision Quest. Yeah, because I definitely want to check those out. Um, I'm going to say, like, last week I did a recommendation that was actually a, a an iPhone video game. I'm going to do another one this week because that's what I've had time to do because I've been stuck on a boat, um, and uh, unfortunately I... I because I was on a boat with Christmas lights on it, I couldn't necessarily read, uh, so I didn't have any good. I didn't have any books I read this week. So uh, um, what I uh, would recommend is the new uh, Super Mario Run is out, um, which is basically a Super Mario Brother game where you can play with one hand. Hey, it's been fun. It's actually really fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, it it's still kind of challenging at parts. Um, there are definitely some levels that I've I've struggled with more than others, but uh, I ended up ponying up the extra money so I don't get ads and I can play through the whole thing. But I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. So, uh, Adam or Todd, you got anything? Hard candy. Watch it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yep. and so, so mine is, uh, again, we're, we're going from the past to the future. So, Eddie and I have the absolute worst wedding anniversary of anyone who works <laughs> retail. Uh, the 23rd of December. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a long story behind that, why we had to do it that way. But, uh, so what we did was, uh, I guess a couple months ago, I bought tickets for us to go see Hedvig and the Angry Inch. And this is the uh, National Broadway Tour. And it was really cool because we actually got to sit uh, front and center. We were front row, center seats. We went and saw it last night. And I've been in love with the movie, uh, the music, the musical for years. Uh, And it was an incredible experience. If you've never seen it before, I'm not going to go into all the details. But just what's really cool is the... The performance is presented as a rock show. So you're at this rock concert with Hedvig playing with her band, The Angry Inch. And in between songs, she's up there telling her story and you know trying to get revenge and all this stuff. But it's very, very interactive. I mean, at one point, she drinks a bunch of water and she spits in the audience. And of course, she spit already. And I thought that was just hilarious. But what was kind of fun... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris originated the role on Broadway when they did well, it. Well, the remount. The, 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 um... The remount. Well, because it was originally off Broadway by it was Trask, uh, Steve. No, Steve it's Trask not Steve Trask. John Cameron Mitchell. John Cameron well, Mitchell originally played the role off Broadway, and then when they originally mounted on Broadway, that's when uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, was and in we, it. we can argue because I'm pissed about the fact that they wouldn't consider it a new Broadway show because it, it never been on Broadway. But we can we, we can go argue about that forever. Yeah. Um, anyways, though, so he's doing it. But what's interesting is the actor we saw as Hedvig was Ewan Morton. Who originated the role of Boy George in the movie, in the musical Taboo, which was oh, wow. back in 2003, 2004. Have I ever told you my story about Taboo? Uh, you have not. Okay, well, I'll, fin- I'll tell you in a second. Go so, ahead. But what's so interesting about this is that uh, there's a, a really fun documentary called Show Business, The Road to Broadway. And it's a documentary uh, that, took, that they filmed over the 2003-2004 Broadway uh, season. And it chronicles the behind the scenes, the workshops, and then all the way up to the Tony Awards for Wicked, Taboo, Avenue Q, and Carolina Change. And, you know, of course, you know, Wicked won a bunch of stuff. Avenue Q won Best Musical. But uh, Ewan Morton, who was our Hedvig, he, like I said, he was Boy George in Taboo, and Taboo closed. And so uh-huh. this documentary ends with him sitting there, you know, smoking a cigarette, talking to the director and the camera saying, like, I came here on a work visa. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't go home. This is my life. This is what I want to do. And, like, the poor guy just, like, starts breaking down on camera, like, I don't know where I'm going to go in my life. And uh-huh. it's really, really cool to see 12 years later, this guy is now the headliner of one of the, of a really big show that everyone loves. I mean, it was sold out last night. Every seat was packed. 
and it's cool to see that he's actually gone on and been able to make a career of this and do some amazing things because he's a very talented actor. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so if Hedwig and the Angry Inch comes to your uh, neck of the woods, go see it. It's so much fun. Sit as close as you can. It's something you just got to experience to understand. Out of curiosity, because I kind of saw some of your pictures on it, uh, on Facebook, uh, did they do the full uh, set for? Um, and did they do the, the fake programs for? Um, the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, the musical. Yes, and I didn't know they were doing two programs. I only grabbed the one. I didn't know they had ones for the Hurt Locker. Uh, when when I saw it on Broadway, they had the Hurt Locker programs. They wouldn't give out. They were just thrown around on the floor. So you just picked them up off the floor and you could read them. Oh, and that so might I, have been how it was too. So, um, I, Jess and I have two. Maybe I'll bring one with me uh, when I come out so you can read it. But it's I, I also got one when I saw it with Darren Chris. Yeah, because you saw it with Darren Chris. I saw it with Michael C. Hall on Broadway when I was out oh, there. And they uh, made, he made such a wonderful Darren Chris joke last night. He's like, Darren Chris gets all the uh, privileges of being a homosexual with none of the responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, but so my taboo story. Um, so before I started working at my current job in California, I lived in um, Middletown, Connecticut, and I worked for a theater company called Goodspeed, which is uh, in musical theater, like on the East Coast, they're very well known. Um, they're probably most famous for um, Annie and Man La Mancha and uh, Shenandoah. They're the original creators of those sent them to Broadway. I think they just sent Holiday into Broadway, and they're currently doing a show uh, called The Road to Oz about um, uh, Judy Garland preparing to go be in The Wizard of Oz, and they're hoping to send that to Broadway. So they, they, they've sent a few. They sent All Shook Up semi-recently as well, a few years ago. Um, but anyway, so when I was working there, uh, the part of the what ends up happening with Broadway shows, it's a weird little inside thing, is a lot of times those big companies, they don't want to own items because if the show closes early, which is not uncommon, they don't want to have to sell off all these gears or make that initial investment. So almost all of the lighting and audio gear for a Broadway show for almost the entire course of its run is all rental. But the one thing they do have to pay for is scenery. But what they would do is they would donate the scenery to Goodspeed, and they would get a tax write-off for it because they were donating to a nonprofit organization, oh, which is sense, a theater yeah. company. So the thing was is so that when Taboo closed, that was when I was working at Goodspeed, and they sent the set up to Goodspeed and gave it gave them the set. Well. Goodspeed used some of the flats and whatever, but some of the stuff they couldn't keep. And so, two of the production or two of the uh, the set carpenters had an apartment together, and so they took the giant couch that split in two from Taboo. They took it and somehow fit into their apartment. I don't know how they did it, but so like I used to nice. like crash on that couch all the time. <laughs> um, so like that couch and like and if you lifted up the seats, you could see like the IATSE uh, logo from where the uh, from where the uh, motors were to move it on and off and whatever. So if you ever see pictures of you know the Taboo. Uh, Broadway show, and you see this giant couch with these crazy flared out arms. I used to sleep on that couch every so often. Um, you know, <laughs> nice. if I was ever watching TV, was it just the couch from Big Comfy Couch? <laughs> no, it, it, it was from Taboo for sure. But uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So there's my useless Taboo story for you, Adam. Just because I thought you well, might that, be mildly interested. That will please Eddie because he loves that musical. So yeah. Well, I've, I definitely I don't know where that couch is now because I don't think either of those guys still work for the theater company. But uh, yeah, I, I've slept on that couch. So uh, there you go. So yeah. Does anybody else have anything else? Uh, everybody's reviewed. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything? Uh, any recommendations? Anything else? Everybody good? Good. Nope, I think we're good. Okay, so next week we are doing um, Letter 44 um, because it will. that episode is going to come out the day before the uh, inauguration of <coughs> President Trump. Um, so... Dun-dun-dun! Um, um, Seriously, so, I, I just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, 
Yeah. Well, anyway. I know what I'm not going to be doing that day. I know. Uh, you're not going to be sober. Um, I'm going to be drinking. Yep. But anyway, so uh, Letter 44, part of the reason I picked it for that day is it is based on um, a tradition um, that uh, the leaving president leaves a note for the incoming president um, on the uh, on the desk of the, in the White House. And so this book is about um, the new president comes in, he gets a letter and basically says, hey, guess what? We've actually made contact with uh, an alien civilization and we have a crew that is out about to make contact within the next couple of days with this, uh, with this alien uh, ship and uh, we will find out more about what's going on. And so it's, uh, it's you know, first contact is basically uh, the tie-in for this month's theme of uh, first and uh, origins and beginnings. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, the book was actually recommended to me uh, by uh, our good professor Maya, and um, yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be uh, our book next week. Um, and yeah, does anybody else have anything else before we go? Live long mm. and prosper. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Don't uh, you know who I am? <laughs> 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 yeah, there it is. Actually, that reminds me of one last question. Who was the person who was recommending the vision to you? By the way, I wonder. Yeah, me too. That's why. I, that's why I initially picked it up, and and yeah, okay, I figured as much. That's why I was like, I'm gonna ask because I think it might be the same person recommending the book to us. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was recommending it to me, and 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 that's why I originally initially picked it up, and I'm glad that I did because uh, I really enjoyed it. So, well, fantastic. Thank you all. Um, have a lovely week, and uh, we will see you on the flip side. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.